There is no John Moltz with us today, my friend. So no. I'm Lex Friedman. I, I'm John Armstrong. Uh, and by the way, I just want to point out to our listeners, Lex Friedman today is a hero for all. Welcome to Turning This Car Around. <laughs> I believe, I believe that you're saying that I'm a hero. Because I am. It's 6.33 a.m. Pacific time as we record this. Is that is that why you consider me a hero? It, yeah, that's one part of it. The other part of it is that you're actually speaking coherently and um, it appears to me that you have showered just in my mind. Yes, yes I have showered. I, and honestly, I'll tell you, I'm a little concerned that I maybe used too much hair product because it's, it's not my normal hair product. It's my travel hair product. And I think mm. I just squeezed out a larger than normal amount. Mm-hmm. And I can't decide if I'm just going to rock it because I have some big meetings today. I can't mm-hmm. decide if I'm going to rock it or if I'm going to like undress, shower again, and then redo my hair, which I really don't want to do. So my guess is I won't, but I'm just not sure if I'm feeling my hair today or not. Can't you just stick a towel around your neck, stick your head in the shower, and then like start over? That, that might be the move. I might do that after this call. Uh, but uh, listen, I appreciate you calling me hero. It makes me feel good about myself. I will say I basically just didn't adjust time zones. I went to bed at 10. I got up at 5. Wow. So it was like from 1 to 8 Eastern. So, you know, it was fine. It was fine. It was seven hours. I'm just okay. saying it's okay. You, 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 How are you, You're doing? a trooper. I, when I travel to LA, it's like, yeah, anyway. I'm good, Lex. Um, the family here in New York is riddled with illness, back-to-school illness. Yeah. Apparently the uh, sixth graders' entire class is sick, so that's great. Oof. <laughs> but, I um, so we both have sixth graders. That's, I, I forget that sometimes, but we have that in common. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that would be my, uh, my partner, Lava. Yes. Her youngest. Her youngest is in sixth and my oldest is in sixth. I get it. Yeah. Uh, so everybody in class has colds. We, um, we just had back to school night for Anya for the sixth grader. And um, that school is not entirely air conditioned. In fact, it's mostly not air conditioned, but she happens just by dumb luck to be on the air conditioned side. And when we went there for back to school night, you know, it's evening. So it's, it's cooled off some and it was still brutally hot because it's, it's wall units like window units, um, on a room by room basis. And so if you sit near those, you don't hear the teacher, you hear the, yep. Uh, so, so what I have noticed about all the schools in our district is that each of them is equipped with um, a speaker system and then these like necklace microphones that the teachers can put over their heads um, that like there's one in the charging base at all times and one that you can wear at all times and it's connected to those speakers in the room and it's just a way to, to make sure that everybody in the classroom can hear them. Did not exist when I was a kid. Wow. It's like a lav mic thing. It's, but you don't clip it on, right? It's, it's like it's worn as a necklace so that you don't have to worry about your clothing. It just goes around your neck, basically. Right. It kind of hangs down. And uh, it doesn't look like a microphone. It looks like, you know, those like little USB splitters for all these USB-C Macs? It looks like that, basically. It's that shape and just suspended around your neck and it's bizarre. But, so it's a dongle? Yeah, it's kind of look like, it looks like a dongle. It's a neck dongle. And... and <laughs> Which some in the in the bird family call a waddle, and mm. so they wear these waddles. And mm-hmm. uh, but only one of the teachers did, and that teacher I could hear perfectly. And in each room, I was sitting by the window units, not because mm-hmm. I needed the air conditioning so bad, but because there is no cell service in there, and I had a very important deal that I was negotiating on my phone, mm. and so I wanted to be able to receive texts. Mm-hmm. And if I sat by the window, I could get like one to zero bars. 
Um, and but so yeah. sitting near those wall units each time, like you just don't hear the teacher if they don't use those things. And I thought about being the parent who's like, hey, I noticed you weren't using the microphone when the students are here. Do you? Because um, I could hear Miss Martin, but I couldn't mm-hmm. hear you. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I didn't. I wasn't that parent. You um, and also one of the parent, one of the teachers. Um, this is her second year teaching. And so it was like, oh, it's another student here, which was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there was, yeah. Um, we've had in our parenting life a couple of new teachers and one awesome and one should not be in the classroom. Uh, mm. You know, when you're 23 or whatever, I, it, I think uh, teaching grade school, you know, first of all, bless you. For trying, yeah. you know, for going that direction, but there, it just takes a certain kind of person to do teaching, to be in a class yeah. with kids all day, yes, every day. I could and, never be a teacher, and no. And I think also there's there's a culture that's risen about like the that, that parents, their children are special, can, they can do no wrong, they never do anything wrong, and it's up to the teacher to like basically teach discipline skills or discipline behaviors that are not taught at home. Yeah. And um, I say that from, I have some relatives who have experience and um, mm-hmm. a lot of experience actually. And so um, there's, there was like a shift in parenting styles when, um, I, w- I don't want to say millennials because I don't want to brand it that way. I just think... Um, she noticed a shift at a certain generational point, but it wasn't necessarily a millennial, like whatever Gen Y millennial split. It was just sort of this, you know, the Xer parents to the millennial parents. It's been uh, a change that yeah. there's an expectation that school will teach family skills or, or uh, social skills that are not in any way reinforced or uh, modeled at home. So that's awesome. Yes. And I think um, there's the, the other thing, and this I'll say this too, like what I've noticed in the East Coast, the kids are extraordinarily precocious. They have no qualms oh. about speaking up, which is very different than uh, the Rockies. The you think that's, oh, you, you think that's, that's uh, North or East Coast only? Or you think it's coastal, both coasts? I, 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 I can't speak to LA because I hadn't, didn't, I haven't, attended a, a, or seen a lot of kids that were school age. When I lived in LA, friends with kids, they were just, you know, infants and toddlers. So they, they did not attend school. And I never went to a school thing or saw the school kids. Maybe it's coastal. I tend to think after, after my, and this is going to sound, I want this to sound good because I like, I like what I'm saying. So this isn't this is coming from a place of admiration, and I think some of it is the predominance of Judaism and how it's a, how how that religion approaches um, your cr- critical thinking to a degree. Got right, it. that's interesting. Yeah, and I you. think and I and I think there's um, there's a questioning that that's encouraged, and also. Um, I just think there's some really uh, different ways that speech is used. Also, language. Um, some of that's, I think, a, a, the old country influence. And some of that is just... Um, I also, and I, I have to say this too, when you're around a lot of people, you tend to learn how to fight for what you want. 
Mm-hmm. Whether you're like I was in a family of six kids, you learn, and I was five of six, so you learn ways to cope and to deal. Like I want to eat this this piece of chicken that's coming around the table. I either grab it now or. You know, I cross my fingers, and if someone grabs it, I'm like, "Hey, I wanted that," and then see how that goes. Like, there's plot. You plot, <laughs> like you figure out. And again, you know, anyway, anyway. And I think that the uh, and a lot of it is is culturally learned to your point. And I think that it's um, you can debate whether people like Jews are oppressed today. Certainly, there's still lots of people who hate Jews, but I think most Jews in most places are in areas with lots of other Jews where they don't face a ton of hate on the daily. Now, maybe I'm super uneducated and Jews are fighting in the United States to not be abused all the time. But regardless, I think that most Jews are doing okay in the U.S. And I think that we all still have, uh, generalizing and culturally speaking, a uh, chip on our shoulder and feel victimized or feel like victims. And so we advocate for ourselves from that perspective. And I think that becomes like a cultural touchstone of Jewish families that, you know, that they oh, are. Yeah, no, no. So we want to make sure they are not being victimized. That's right. I mean, and, and rightly so. Like I, you know. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. No. I, I took dude. this class. No, especially I, now. I took, I took a <laughs> class in college mm-hmm. called uh, Blacks and Jews. And oh, it was wow. taught by a wonderful, I think at the time, associate professor who was a Spitfire Jewish lesbian named Jill Lynn Feldman. And she's published a variety of books. And one of the things he talked about in the class early on, and it was a room full of, of black people and Jewish people. Like that's who took this class. You could not be those things to take the class, but that didn't really happen. And <laughs> well, you're um, going to a school that I think sort of, yeah, the yeah. Jewish part Very is Jewish school. pretty much. And yeah. So, Growing up, my mom had always told me, well, I think that we talked about in this class, that, that Jews feel a kinship with black people because we were both slaves. Um, and th- I want you to understand, like this was as fact-based to me as, mm-hmm. you know, your parent mm-hmm. telling you, don't touch the oven when it's on because it's hot. Um, or and you that could, Trump is not a sexual offender. Right. But like it was simply told to you as a fact. And mm-hmm. so I get in this class and Professor Feldman is like, yeah, um, there's actually no documented evidence anywhere that Jews were enslaved other than the Bible. There is no mm-hmm. other historical record that shows the Jews were ever enslaved. And by the way, if they were, it was so many years ago that it doesn't appear that Jews are still feeling after effects of having been enslaved. Whereas, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can see where this is going. Yes. In the U.S., we know it happened not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And there are still very tangible effects. So Jews be like, and this was her like presentation. Like Jews be like, oh, I got you, boo. Like we've all, mm-hmm. we're we're all in this like post slave era together. And black people are like, nah. Mm-hmm. And it was such a good class for me. I learned a lot. I got way woker. Um, Al Roker was there. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm woker. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, there was a, now I'm just thinking about this class, which I haven't thought about in so long, but there, um, uh, we listened to the, I'm assuming, and it's okay if you were not John, cause I was not before I had this class. Are you familiar with the song strange fruit? Yes, I am. Yes. Billy holiday. Okay. Billy holiday. And Fantastic. for those listeners who don't know, it's, it's an incredible song and it's, you know, the Southern trees bear strange fruit is referring to, uh, lynching victims hanging from trees. Like it is a, a beautiful and awful emotionally awful song, right? And it's, it's haunted and haunting. Yes. And we were given a project to, to create other art 
that was about Jews. And I sang, uh, I wrote and performed for the class a song about um, like uh, Holocaust victims. And uh, I had, I had, I, I emotionally affected, I forgot all about this. Now I'm just bragging basically, but I emotionally affected the classroom and I had both blacks and Jews coming up to me afterwards being like, that was real, man. And it was like, it was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. Moment no, for me. That's, I'm glad you, I'm glad you went through that experience. Um, and I'm glad that you uh, used art to express it because I think that's, um, yeah. it's, it's, there's a kind of a thing with, um, with creative people sometimes where, and my experience in, in working and living amongst them and being married to them, there's this... I also consider oh. you a creative person, by the way, but continue. Well, I, I don't want to, you know... I mean, well, I'm trying to shine the light here on you. But point is, is that okay. <laughs> that sometimes... And I've, I've tried to... And actually, this is, I think, appropriate for parenting. But I was um, listening to you talk about this. There's a thing with creative people that we tend because we don't know how people are going to respond when we really put ourselves out there, when we really go all in emotionally to something. And, it, and it's clear that this is deep inside of us and we express it. And I, and I you know, I, I'm not saying us as in I am that person too, because mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not sure that I'm saying you and us as a creative class that or as a creative expression. So it's not like there's people who, you know, people who work jobs that may not be like, oh, I, you know, make awesome things all day long and it's super creative. I'm not talking about creative class in that way. I think it's um, right. Just people, people who think creative output. Yep, yep. Right, creative output, creative outputters. There's this thing where you go deep and you go all in and there, there's a tendency to kind of downplay the the emotional impact of it, both on the the person with the expression, the creative expression, and the audience. And so there's this like, well, I'm going to hedge my bets because I re I really threw it out there at this time, and yep, not sure how it's going to go, and I feel super vulnerable, and you know, like there's there's a lot going on, and and I just I when you were talking about that, first of all, I think it's awesome that you you did that. I think. And I'm going to just a little sidebar kind of tangent here. I think my first, well, I had, I had some stuff in middle school where there was some specials and stuff and, and TV th documentaries about World War II that were really, that, that was my first sort of awakening to what happened in World War II. And, yeah. and also in, informed a lot of my opinions about the... <clears throat> The redneck, and that's a terrible mm. thing to say about people, but just the the folks that I grew up with in my church and in my neighborhoods who were racist, and that included, um, they were anti-Semitic as well. And so um, when I kind of realized what had happened, it was like, wait, 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 wait. You know, I couldn't put those together. And when I got to college, I read... Um, What's his name? Elie Wiesel's uh, Night. Is that is that what it's called? The famous like poem that's just brutal. Yes, I believe that's correct. Yes, um, and I'm. It's too early in the morning for me to like fully 
go all in on that. I'm going to look that up. Anyway, that may appear in show notes, a link to that. And, and by the way, he's also um, had some Me Too stuff, so he's not the greatest guy ever, apparently. Very handsy. Um, but that reading that really was like, and then there were Schindler's List and a bunch of other stuff, and it was just like, holy shit. Like, and, but there were, I experienced that all through art. So me as a, as a Gentile, seeing this, boom. Okay, films of Spike Lee helped me understand modern, um, the sort of complexities of modern black life. The Boys in the Hood, you know, and, and it's, I'm a, a scorching stereotype with this stuff. But, oh, of but, course, yep. But, but it's more insight than you had prior. Exactly, and I got it through, through art, and especially popular art, right? It wasn't What's, like I went yeah. to some deep indie, you know, event. Like, I'm not, I'm not hanging around Detroit going to rap battles. So, and even that, of course, is a creative expression, so, yeah, whatever. But um, anyway, Lex... Good for you. Yes, sir. Oh, thank Creation you. is good. Well, uh, what's, what's interesting to me is, um, and I, I'm going to tie this back to kids in a way if I can, but there are, there are times in my life, even including with my kids, where I feel a struggle to be taken seriously, right? Because I make a lot of jokes and that's mm -hmm. kind of my default personality set, probably for dark, horrible psychological reasons, but it's just where it's been. And... But so like when I do want to be serious, people don't know. And so like, listen, that was a serious class. It wasn't like I was cracking a joke a minute, but people still knew who I was or knew my personality. And so I got up and do this song. And like what's the thing that moved me about Strange Fruit and that also I would say, uh, <laughs> this is such a poor analogy. I'm not comparing the two at all other than to say that there was a, a thematically similar thing to me. In a lot of music of somebody like the NYP Giants, you're hearing upbeat music or lovely music with really sad lyrics if you pay attention to them, like awful and depressing and crushing lyrics mm -hmm, set to mm -hmm. these upbeat melodies. And so I wanted to try to do that kind of a thing. And so it's, it's like the song sounds happy while being awful. And so people did not know what was going to happen. And they kind of, so I notice with my kids sometimes that they're not sure if I'm being serious. If I say something that surprises them or that disappoints them. And I have to so like, it's, we haven't ever codified it in action, but it's like, there's a certain kind of look I can give them. Or if I repeat myself a certain way where they know, oh, he's being serious. Like he is unhappy with this behavior or he does need mm -hmm. me to go do this thing or, mm -hmm. or, or we are, I am in trouble or it's not always about a negative thing. But it's like, Oh, we are going to go do this thing. And, um, yeah. So that, that has been interesting to me to kind of note that a, the same thing they used to have a, as a problem with girlfriends or just friends in general who weren't sure if I was being serious sometimes. Like I had to kind of develop that with my kids as well. But I think that the, I think you're everything you said about creatives and when they're really honest, how they can be, so you're putting yourself out there and it's vulnerable. And so it's, you can be surprised by the feedback you get. I think also for me, there's this, that extra layer of like people never expecting seriousness from me, but I'm mm -hmm. a serious motherfucker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So you get it. I mean, I can yeah. be, you get it. Well, I, I do. I, I mean, John. Okay. Yes. No, no. You're going to say something. I want you to say it because I think it's important, Lex. <laughs> I think it's really, <laughs> it's, really important. You are right. Because the thing is, John. Mm-hmm. With yep. Jules sous vide? Yes. It's easy to get an amazing dinner on the table that everyone will love. Thanks to Jules' precise temperature control, you can make restaurant-quality food at home any night of the week. There's zero guesswork, so food is never undercooked, it's never overcooked, it is just perfectly cooked. Whether you're cooking a chicken dinner for the fam, pulled pork for a crowd, 
Jewel sous vide. Jewel sous vide makes it perfect. While Jewel is cooking, you can leave the house. You can go run errands, pick up the kids, go for a run, run the kids, pick up some errands, whatever you want. And there's no need to hurry back because Jewel is heating the food to the exact right temperature. And once it's there, it's going to hold it there. So it's ready to eat whenever you're ready to eat. And you can pretty much cook anything in there. Steak, chicken, pork, fish, eggs, veggies, practically anything comes out just the way you like it. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash jewel and use code TTCA to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chef, C-H-E-F, steps, S-T-E-P-S, dot com slash J-O-U-L-E with the code TTCA. Jewel, perfect food every time. I'm telling you, you've heard us read ads for, for Jewel before. If you haven't yet, just check out the website. Go to chefsteps.com slash Jewel, and uh, don't forget the TTCA promo code, but it is, you are going to be like, oh, I do want that. Uh, I kind of assure you. So if you're if you're a person who ever makes food for the fam or who eats food in the house, I want you to check it out. That's my advice to you. Lovely. Lovely. Thank you. Lovely. I was going to say, Lex, yes, please. one of the things that um, w- w- sarcasm is really hard with kids, especially yes. young ones, right? And I think um, the other thing is quoting like riffing on a quote from a movie that's funny or a thing that you saw that was funny or something that someone did was funny. And um, Marlo will always like, we're walking somewhere and there'll be a lull in the conversation or I'm looking at traffic and like we're trying, you know, getting her to camp or whatever. And, and she'll just pop out a line, bam, just from the, out of nowhere. And like, it's obvious that she's, her mind is going, she's thinking about something and then it just kind of comes out. And that's, I'm very much like that to yep. the point where people are like, what, where, what is happening right now? And yeah. I'm, you've probably experienced that on the show. So um, Barlow would be like, she'll just like drop a line. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And I have to scan quickly. Like, what is it? What? Like I'm going through the, the mm-hmm. Terminator mm-hmm. style menu of what could possibly be, what is she talking about? Is there a thing recently we've seen? Because one time she watched the Wonder Woman trailer and the Wonder Woman trailer is this uh, British woman who says, I like, uh, and it's really funny. And Marlo thought that was hilarious and would just like all randomly, uh, and she would just say it out loud. And I don't know if she consciously knew she was saying it out loud. I'm like, what? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. And then she'd like get really frustrated because I wasn't understanding what was happening at all. That right, she was making a reference, reference and it was supposed to be funny and it was awful. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm losing this whole thing. I'm like ruining everything. It's, uh, I, I don't have the same experience. I have a similar thing that's been bothering me with Liam where Liam started doing speech therapy a while ago and she said, oh, these are the sounds he has to work on. And he did a few uh, weeks there, maybe a month or two. And then she's like, okay, he's great now. And I found him, found him either the same or harder to understand. And so now he's just starting. He's been doing a little bit of OT um, on fine motor skills because there's a couple things he's been struggling with, just like on handwriting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there was mm-hmm. mixed. There was debate in the Friedman family household about whether this OT was necessary. I I am friends with occupational therapists. I believe in occupational therapy. I think it is rare that somebody goes and says, "Does this person in my life need OT?" and doesn't get told yes. And that's I think not out of uh, nefariousness on the part of the occupational therapist. I think it's kind of that we could all use help. And so you take somebody yeah. in and they're going to say, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't really want him to do it, um, but he's doing that. But he's also doing speech therapy again because there are times when he's trying to communicate with me and I'm like, 
I don't know what you're saying. Like, I oh, cannot man. understand your words. And he repeats oh. himself two, three, four times. And I'm frustrated and he's frustrated. And I'm like, I, I just, I can't. Because, like, it's, it's not happening when you're, like, super chill and everything's zen and you're, like, hanging mm-hmm. out. It's happening, mm-hmm. like, when it's the fractiousness of life. And, like, I'm trying to get a thousand things. I'm like, right. Yes. I don't know what you're trying to say. Yeah. And there's times when I'm literally thinking, like, hey, could you write this down? <laughs> like, yes. I've never yeah. gone that level. But, like, it's just... Uh, kids want to be understood and you want to understand your kids. So I feel you on that. Like if it's, if you cannot acknowledge a reference or if you can't figure out what the hell they're trying to do, like it's a problem. There's the the other thing that I have happened with both Anya and Sierra sometimes is that if they are making a joke to deadpan and I don't know it's a joke and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you even talking about? She's like, well, it wasn't being serious. It was making a joke. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you want to get your kids. You want to understand them. I feel you uh, on this. I, I think um, I'm, I'm, I've seen videos of kids at different developmental points in their life. And um, uh, particularly there's a kid in my life that um, did some, some speech therapy. And it's crazy to watch videos because you, you can see the progression and how, easy, you know, how much easier it is to understand them. And um, I'm kind of a, of a thing that's like I'm not... I don't know. I mean, I can understand why you might be opposed to uh, speech or occupational therapy, but... Oh, I love speech therapy. And I'm not even opposed to occupational therapy. It's just like Liam's got so much going on. I want to speak to I hear you. I hear you. I get it. Hey, we all live busy lives. We're not all like cutting deals and like, you know, podcasting at 6.30 in the morning, but, mm. you know, I'm I just saying... I do have some cool meetings today. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you, John. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, hey, uh, uh, good luck with those. But I also wanted to mention in our kind of creative conversation today, please, some of the best dramatic uh, moments in film or stage have been when comic actors who are good comic actors do drama. And one, one is, okay, Bradley Cooper, a star of the, uh, uh, the Hangover movies? Best Men. Hangover movies. Thank you. Like Best Men? No, that's not right. The Hangover movies. Hilarious, right? Really funny. Also, Silver Linings Playbook. Fantastic. Yep. Silver, yeah. Uh, kind of a comic actor. And also, Rocket. The voice of Rocket Raccoon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, you know, comedy. But really, like, I saw His Elephant Man on Broadway. And that was incredible. Really yes. powerful unbelievable that this guy you think is a schmo you know bro doing an amazing job with nothing more than a simple costume and just the way he carried his body and what he did to his face and how he spoke the entire time it was amazing there is there are some funny um reddit memes about bradley Mm-hmm. on stage as the elephant man and how mm-hmm. his way of portraying the elephant man was to scrunch his face up in a weird position, like no prosthetics, just like make yeah. some kind of goofy faces. Yep. Um, yeah. Those out of context, at least not seeing him are hilarious. Oh, in I'm bad sure. Ways. Yeah. No, no, uh, but I'm yes, sure. I mean, uh, my quintessential go-to example for that is Jim Carrey, who yes. I certainly, I think is funny. I think his comedy of his old stuff doesn't hold up well today because it feels it's so broad. It feels like it feels like a hammer. Um, yeah. But when he went from that to serious, and especially like when it was mixed stuff, right? Like 
Truman Show and Man on the Moon when he's going to be funny mm-hmm. and serious. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, see, now this I like. Um, and I think even Tom Hanks had that journey, right? Because he yes. was on like dumb sitcom, comedy movie, comedy mm-hmm. movie, comedy mm-hmm. movie. Um, boom, let me punch you in the face with some Philadelphia situation. You know, like, mm, yep. I, f- uh, I feel you on this. I think um, Big was a big thing for him. And yes. um, a movie that doesn't really get, get talked about. Um, it's a movie with him and Jackie Gleason. I think it's called Nothing in Common. Um, I don't know that it's a good movie. I don't know that I could recommend it, but I saw it at a time when I was having my own. My father, I think, had just died. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot in that movie that spoke to me. So, But he was he was very... He plays a, you know, an ad exec who's, who goes back to be with his father who's sick. And um, yeah, it was good. It was good. He's good. Did you watch... Have you seen yet... Um... Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers documentary. No, I, I have to get to a place to watch that because it's going to be a mess. I watched it on the airplane on the flight to Los Angeles yesterday, and I fly home today. I will spend 26 hours here in Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I mean, this is not a, a unique thought, but I just absolutely love Mr. Rogers. And everything you learn about him, everything you read about him, you just, you just realize like this was a good dude. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. And what was fascinating to me was his approach for talking to kids about difficult subjects, oh, uh, which was just to talk about them. So um, RFK is assassinated and he puts on a show that week where he's got his little uh, Daniel Tiger puppet asking, mm-hmm. um, I guess, Lady Aberlin, um, like, what's assassination? Like, what, what does it mean to be assassinated? Because I heard of it and she's like, oh, well, this is what it means. And he's like, well, that sounds pretty bad and she's like yeah it is and he's like fuck i'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and then uh he did an episode after 9 11 when he hadn't made new episodes in a long time because he's like well we're gonna have to talk to kids about this because they're gonna have to they've got to understand it and i thought that was so cool i can't remember and i'm i'm gonna now tie this to sex which i apologize for but did i tell you last wow. week about anya asking some sex questions did that come up last week you you mentioned reading i think recently you've mentioned reading the oh right uh, in the in the diversion series some sex yes. that has come up but so oh i think i think i did tell you about this about her in her health class there was a question about how you can get hiv wow this doesn't sound familiar i'll read i'll tell it again no, I, um, i'm not sure go ahead so people were, the question was which of these ways do you can you not get hiv and it was like uh holding hands uh, was one of the out choices, but one of them was like, um, um, like m- I can't remember exactly how it was phrased. Something like m- moderate sexual contact, right? Like or uh, or or um, like limited sexual contact. And so she came home and she's like, "These were the answers." And we're like, well, "Which one did you put?" And she's like, oh, "I put shaking hands or holding hands. Like you can't get HIV." That we're like, "Well, that's right." And she's like, "But isn't it so hilarious and weird that they put this like?" minimal sexual contact on there and we're like what do you mean and she's like well sex is for making babies why would you like do minimal sexual contact like the whole point (laughs) is to make babies and we're like oh um well um Oh, I, know. I told friends this story, not you. But see, you're also my friend, so I guess confused and all. And it's fine. So we kind of make the explanation of which I really, I feel like it's a, probably a failing on our part that she didn't know. And this is not the first time this has come up. But it's like, well, you can you, you can do sex and sex related stuff for fun mm-hmm. and for baby making. Mm-hmm. Like it, a, adults do it because they enjoy it. 
And she's like, well, do you guys? And (laughs) Lauren's like, um, most couples also do it for fun. And uh, I was like, okay. And that was the end of that conversation. So I was telling the story to some friends and uh, she was saying that her son had had some similar questions. Her son, who's, uh, she's like, so her son, who's probably nine or 10, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And he was asking some questions. Um, oh, this is what happened. He's on the bus, right? And so you hear stuff on the bus and he comes home. Oh yeah. And he yeah. goes, he goes, mom, did you know that people make noises during sex? And she's like, what kind of noises do you mean? And he's like, oh, it's like this. Uh, 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 uh. And she's like, yes, people can make all kinds of noises during sex. And he goes, do you and dad make those noises during sex? And she says, <sighs> oh, I probably shouldn't say his name. And she says, I'll, be uh, um, I'll tell you what, I'll answer any questions you have about sex, except for anything related specifically to your dad and me. And I think you'll thank me for it later. Um, Good response. And- and she's like, it came up again later with another thing. And she wants to know, do you and daddy? And she's like, oh, uh, son, as I told you, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to answer all of your sex questions, but we're just not going to, we're not going to tie anything specifically to me and your father. And I think that one day you will be grateful that I didn't. I was like, that is brilliance. That's just very brilliant. good. Yep. Yep. My mother would be like, so I want to share this. My mom mm-hmm. was just, it's mm-hmm. none of your business. That's it. Done. All right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> slice, slice out. That's how, yeah. how that worked. Um, What's well, a, a I, devout Mormon household, also, right? So, it's oh, like, yeah, true. I mean, also, and yeah, but um, one of the ways we've talked about that is um, with gay couples. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, okay, so two men they can they can't make a baby biologically; they can adopt. So, do you think they have sex? You know, and that's it's sort of a Socratic conversation that way, right? Well, yep. I guess they do, and then it's like, well, th- they do. That's and and they do it for fun and they do it because it's a way to um, connect with one another and yeah, you know, sort of the emotional connection and blah, 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 all this stuff. Anyway, but it's sort of like, so sex is many things to many people. And anyway, it's, I try, I get super awkward with it. I try not to, I've tried right. to like st- state a sentence and leave it. And it's very difficult to just, and I have been trying to actually shift as we read this book to not like, to acknowledge every time that I'm embarrassed and instead, but I want to also acknowledge that it's, it's, you know, that I'm not encouraging her to go like make out and take her shirt off with people. And so, to, <laughs> and so I'm like, <laughs> so I just tell her, Oh, I need time for another one of those scenes. Here we go. And like not be as embarrassed by it. I've, I've been trying mm-hmm. the, I, I don't know if you remember, I, I think I bring her up on the show like twice a year or something, but the, the parade, magazine columnist uh ask marilyn marilyn vo savant she's supposed yes. to be like one of the people with the world's highest iqs yes. And i remember i used to love that column i'm sure i would still yes. love that column if i read it. i don't know if it still exists but i always loved her writing and her brain and all those things yes but somebody wrote in a woman like i don't want to generalize <laughs> but a woman who was clearly like a prudish conservative unhappy mm-hmm. person writes and is like why is it marilyn that humans are the only creatures on God's earth that have sex for pleasure. Um, where other animals, other creatures all have sex specifically for procreation. No. Wrong. And Marilyn writes back and she's like, girl, they're the only ones who intentionally have sex to make babies. All the other animals are having sex 
because it feels good. They have no idea that that's going to make a baby. They got no freaking clue. They just have this urge and it feels good and they want to fucking do it. And humans right. can sometimes say, hey, let's do it just because we want to have, like humans will sometimes try and try and try when they're chafing and sore and tired because mm-hmm. they just want to make a little baby situation. Mm-hmm. So girl, get your head on straight. And I was like, man, I love you. Ask Marilyn. And so I think about that for some reason, that answer is kind of always in my head somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, all you have to do is go to a zoo. Otters, as I'm going to say. Just go to the mm-hmm. otter. If there's an otter exhibit, you know, where there's live otters. They've, I've seen plenty of pleasuring. And the, when the otters are looking at each other, they're like, I could do this one or the otter. So it's like... Mm-hmm. No? I otter say that was a terrible pun. Okay. <laughs> terrible. Well, you otter know. Mm-mm. I think we're done with the show right now. <laughs> Forever. Enjoy this, the final episode. Honestly. If this were the last episode of Trains Current, which it's not, Moltz will be back. He's just on vacation. <clears throat> if there's one thing I hope our listeners kind of leave this episode with, at least. Sure. It's that sure. when you're cooking a chicken dinner for the family or pulled pork for a crowd, Jules sous vide makes it perfect. Thanks to Jules' precise temperature control, you can make restaurant quality food at home any night of the week. There's zero guesswork. And while Jules does the work, you can go back to doing whatever you want. You've got to look at the video on their website. They don't even tell me to tell you this. It's just so like, you're looking like, wow. I can make really fancy food and it looks like borderline effortless to get yours. Visit chefsteps.com slash jewel and use the code TTCA to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J O U L E code TTCA jewel. Perfect food every time.